0: You're good to go. All right. This is Charles Musgrove with the Bean Team and your host of Business Matters Podcast. We're going to do another podcast right now. We're in the studio today. Uh, We're doing the podcast recording along with the radio recording for Real Talk Radio 93.3 here in Tallahassee, Florida. Again, I'm Charles Musgrove. And on the podcast, we talk about the issues that matter to your business we have talked about weed in the workplace we've talked about wills and trust do you need them what are they we've talked about cybersecurity. we've got two episodes on that with uh... ben Graybar. you know people are always trying to hack into your your uh, data they're trying to get access to the cash so we talk about how it works how to protect yourself even talk about some insurance to uh, protect yourself in case Somebody does get through. They've got that Trojan horse that gets in the system. We have a show that we talk about negative uh, social media posts by employees, ex-employees, negative reviews by customers. What does the business do? So those are all real issues that businesses deal with, and we talk about that on Business Matters. Today in the studio, we've got Steve Hogan from the Osley McMullen Law Firm. And Steve, is uh, he knows a lot of stuff. And he has a very entertaining way of delivering the message. So today we're going to have episode number two on sales tax. So Steve, uh, I appreciate you coming back in the, the studio today for another recording. The, uh, the one we just finished on the Wayfair case, the Supreme Court decision by Justice Kennedy that led that. That was uh, a monumental decision that affected sales tax for a long time. I think you even used the word forever. Did you? Did you say forever?
1: <laughs> I said forever. Then I walked it back. Charles, uh, thank you for having me on again. We appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, you know sales tax. Nobody likes sales tax, but you've got to know about it. You've got to you've got to be in compliance, or you're going to have some major issues that you just can't overcome. So today we're going to combine sales tax with the audit process. So we've got um, audits do happen even to good people. So how to prepare for those. What are the, what are the auditors normally look for? Uh, There's some, there's some easy targets out there. They know what to look for. Those guys are, they're smart. They know what the code says. They know what people typically don't do right. And that's what they're going to zero in on, on stage one. So uh, we're going to talk about use tax. is probably one of the areas that, that they know to look for they know that that if you're buying stuff from across the state if you're buying stuff from amazon or whatever retail outlet out there that sells online that there's a probably a good probability that you have missed some use tax uh reporting and paying in of use tax is that correct
1: um absolutely and uh you know, you know, Charles. Uh, I appreciate the uh, what you're doing here to to share all this information with uh, with business owners, um, especially in uh, with with our talks about uh, about tax issues. Because you know, it's it's never at the top of uh, any business's mind of uh, you know what's the tax implications of of my business model. I mean, nobody makes decisions like that. And if no. they are, they're not going to be in business very long. Uh, businesses make decisions about what they do in order to you know based on business realities right so they they set themselves up they, they do what they need to do to make money and, uh, and and be successful you know for all the reasons that people do these things right, that's right. Um, so tax considerations are almost always an afterthought um, but it's important for business owners to make sure that they are in compliance and doing things right on the front end and that's where um, cpas like yourself are um, extraordinarily useful because if a business um, tries to just sort of you know go along to get along, as a lot of folks do, you know, with with the realities of you know they may not think that they have enough to pay a CPA or a tax lawyer to get themselves set up uh, correctly, but um, the cost in doing that is on the back end. Oh yeah, uh, you know when. Uh, when you get the audit notice and then all of a sudden you've got an auditor looking back through three years of everything that you've done, uh, that's the normal audit period in Florida. Um, and then, you know, well, well, three years ago when I just started up, you know, it was, it was just kind of on the fly and, you know, I'm better now. But like what in the world is back there? That's right. You know, that's that's, that's the normal situation that you see businesses stumble into, right? So um, I appreciate the work that uh, you and your group do. Um, I love working with CPAs. Um, though I'm a tax lawyer. I'm not a CPA and I don't pretend to be one. You know, uh, I don't pretend to be an accountant. Well, oh, good. Uh, ta- tax lawyers and CPAs do different things in the tax yeah, world.
0: Yeah, we we are the same way. We may have slept in a Holiday and Express last night, but we're <laughs> we are not an attorney, so <laughs> we we leave that to you and folks like you because it is it is different. Uh, we do what we do best, and and uh, we know that we can we can rely on you and and your peers to provide us the. The legal side of dealing with those same issues.
1: Absolutely. Let's talk about the audit process. Uh, that, that's sort of a window in everything else we want to talk about here today. So, the, the first thing that a business is going to get, and what we're talking uh, here when we talk about audits, we're talking about audits by the Florida Department of Revenue of a Florida business. Or uh, a business is doing business in Florida, right? Uh, IRS audits uh, have a similar structure, but they are different. You know, maybe we can talk about that sometime. But right now, we're talking about the Florida Department of Revenue. Okay, so the first um, the first piece of paper that uh, a business is going to get is going to say at the top "Notice of Intent to Audit." Okay, and that is a letter. That is a very important letter to pay attention to because that is going to tell a business that the Florida Department of Revenue has selected them for audit. And that business starts various time periods running. OK, and it's uh, it's it impacts your rights legally, what you do in response to it. So the first reaction and I'm imploring everybody in your audience to think about this and tuck it away in the back of their head. Their first thing that they should do on the first day that
0: they get it is to call their accountants. That's good. So as as they would say in the, uh, the National Draft Day, you're on the clock. <laughs> you're on the clock. That's right. So make you know? the call. You got to. So Steve, I know that we're going to get into the meat of this right now. So l- we're going to start with the audit process, that initial letter. But before we get into the meat of that, let's bring our radio audience into this. So we're going to take a a music break right now. We're going to have the intro music for the recording of the radio show on Real Talk 93.3. So everybody just hold on for just a few seconds. I'm Charles Musgrove, host of Business Matters, and let's roll the the music. <laughs> Good morning. I am Charles Musgrove with the Bean Team and host of Business Matters here on Real Talk 93.3 on Business Matters. We talk about the issues that matter to your business. We're here to help you. We're here to provide nuggets of information. We've got a lot of good pre-recorded shows that are on our podcast, Business Matters on Apple Podcasts, so check them out. Today, we have Steve Hogan back in the studio for another recording, another great session on sales tax yes don't be afraid sales tax is okay it's better that you know than you don't know and we're gonna have some more knowledge given us today and get this we're not we're gonna combine two things that you may think are evil we're gonna talk about sales tax and we're gonna talk about the audit process for sales tax so hold on buckle up and get ready for some information that Steve is gonna deliver so Steve we're going to frame this today. We're going to talk about the audit process, what happens in that, what are the, what, what are the auditors most likely to, to uh, look for. So before we get started in that, let me give you a proper introduction. Steve Hogan with the Osley McMullen Law Firm, located here in Tallahassee, Florida. Steve has been on our show before, and we welcome him back. It's always exciting. It's always entertaining, and it's always packed with great information. So Steve, thank you again. And we're ready for some more information. So let's dare to combine sales tax and audit. So put us
1: at ease. No problem. You know, the, the first thing that everybody's got to know is that you're being audited by the Florida Department of Revenue, sales tax, or whatever. There are professionals that can help you through it. So Good. There's no reason for you to stress this out or, or feel like you got to go it alone. Do not
0: panic. Don't panic. So it's going to be okay.
1: <laughs> it will if you have the right uh, representation right
0: so do not let's say do not try to do this on your own so it's it's uh <laughs> what i always say do not go in the in the woods at night without a flashlight you got it so the flashlight here is a trusty sales tax attorney and your trusty cpa
1: you got it you got it and um you know as we were uh talking about in the in the pre-roll a little bit um the the first piece of paper that a business is going to get when they're uh, being audited by the Florida Department of Revenue is a letter that says, Notice of Intent to um, uh, Audit, right? And that's going to have a lot of technical information that impacts a business's uh, rights and responsibilities right off the bat. So the worst thing that a business can do is to set it aside and not respond to it.
0: That's what a lot of people do. That is what a lot of people do. So here's, here's what happens when you, uh, when you get that letter from... This goes for the IRS or the Department of Revenue. So if it comes in, a, in an envelope that looks unfamiliar, but it comes from the Department of Revenue, you should sit down, be ready to open that, and read it, and know that once I read this, I'm going to have to take some action. That's right. So hey. as they say in, in, on National Draft Day with the NFL, you're on the clock.
1: You're on the clock and your first call you know not every business has a tax lawyer though every business should have a tax lawyer you know the little plug right but every business is going to have a cpa right i hope so so, so um well they better they better <laughs> oh, otherwise they're, they're doing your own returns on paper and pencil i don't know i wouldn't do it it's all turbo tax you man <laughs> i tell you um that's another that's another show yeah that's another show <laughs> i'm not going to get off on that tangent okay so um So the first call that a business should make is to their CPA because their CPA is going to um, have have been through these kinds of rodeos. And if there's um, a reason to bring in a tax lawyer um, uh, into it, then they they would know who to trust. You know, you don't have to go out there in the wilds. Um, So that's that should be the first call. And the reason that's important is that that letter uh, contains deadlines and uh, things that impact your rights. And there are various um, iterations of that. Uh, And I've written... um, I've written about it uh, quite a bit uh, as far as statutes of limitations and uh, what can happen if the Department of Revenue screws up, based or messes up uh, on, (laughs) yeah, with regard to that uh, first notice and what they do afterwards. And you can find all those articles if you're interested in more on my law firm's website. That's Ausley.com, a-u-s-l-e-y.com. Find my profile and uh, under the publications tab, there's tons of stuff in there.
0: So if you want more reading, there it is. So when you get that letter, now the department. Give us just a little bit of insight. Does the department randomly select people? Are they looking at industry types? Or how how does it happen that that business owner gets that notice of intent to audit?
1: Right. Uh, It can happen a lot of different ways. You know, uh, there can be uh, the Department of Revenue sometimes gets tipped off. That uh, hey this this business restaurant that seems to be doing a lot of money is doing it cash only and I didn't really get a receipt. Um, sometimes if you have a disgruntled employee <laughs> that thinks that uh, their employer is uh, not doing things correctly with uh, sales tax, they may tip off the department. I've uh, I've heard of that happen. You know um, some of this is rumor, but you know it it does happen. Um, other times the Department of Revenue just has a campaign going where they have uh, a certain industry. Um, Industry profile that they're going after, for whatever reason, and um, those industries will just get uh, hit at a higher rate. And sometimes your number just comes up. Right. And um, some businesses are are less lucky in this uh, uh, in this arena as others. But I will say that if you've been audited once, and uh, even if you successfully uh, fight that audit back, you're probably going to get another notice uh, a couple of years down the line because they're going to come recheck back up on you. Um, so those, that's, that's generally what happens. Interesting.
0: So not necessarily a reason to panic or to think that you've been targeted. It it could just be you, you've been randomly selected.
1: That's right. That's right. So, um, what does an auditor look at? Right. Uh, And we, we can get into, uh, uh, a couple of the, of the normal traps for the unwary. Um, there's, uh, well, before, before we get into uh, traps for the unwary, uh, there's a uh, procedural things that you should know about the, the audit process. One is that there is a process. It's not some free form, you know, thing where an auditor is going to look at your stuff and then pick a number out of the air. There are rules that they have to follow. And again, we're talking about the Florida department of revenue, not IRS audits though. They're, they're similar structurally. Uh, there's rules that the auditor has to follow. Uh, they uh, cannot do anything that they want. You know, they, they are constrained, but it's not, necessarily obvious unless you've been through this before what the constraints are or where the where the bumpers are on the uh, on the track right so um that's um uh, that's what a professional does you say well the, the auditors ask for the entire world worth of documents and they want to come into your business and they want to set up camp in the back room and look through all your records and all that i mean that happens sometimes but you know what
0: you don't have to let them right <laughs> that's that's where it's important for people like you or people like what we do is it it um you can you can like you said put those bumpers up to make sure that they don't cross the line.
1: That's right. That's right. And I'm not uh, saying that there's any malice involved uh on the part of the auditor. It's it's just that, you know, you have somebody that's doing a job and you know if nobody's pushing back, they're, you know, it's just human nature, right? right.
0: And we'll say this again, we said it in in previous shows where we are talking about the Department of Revenue generally and overall our experience has been very good. We've not had any any mad auditors where they're just trying to to harm people. They're doing they're doing their job. They're very professional about it. They know what they're doing and they're going to do it as fast and as expedient as they can. That's
1: right. And you know, this this is something to keep in mind too. One of the biggest challenges that businesses may face in an audit is making sure that the auditor understands what their business actually is. Because what I see, and um, this is this is where I think uh, a tax lawyer uh, brings a lot of value too, uh, because um, in it's the business of a lawyer to uh, look at complicated, weird, messed up, and gray situations and make it clear what the issues actually are. I mean, that's that's everything that we do, right? right? Um, and uh, that's one of the biggest issues uh, in audits because what? Uh, let's step back a minute. What is a tax? What is a tax? A tax is a statute. It's a law, okay? A law that says this type of business arrangement has to pay X amount of money based on factors, right? right? That's what a tax statute is. Then there's regulations underneath it that, um, most of the time, not always, but most of the time, that fill in some of the blanks on how that statute's supposed to work. Sometimes there's a case construing that statute and the regs or whatever. So that
0: business type is
1: important. Business type is important because when you have an auditor coming in, they're going to look at a business operation and come to a conclusion about how it should be taxed based on what they understand. Well, they could be misunderstanding the entire business. Right. You know, without getting in um, a quasi-war story, I won't get into specifics because I don't talk about client specifics, Um, but I had a a client um, early in my career. Uh, come with uh, an audit where the auditor was taxing uh, this business as a business that it is it is not. They were saying that so well, wrong business type. It it looked like it was a certain type of business, but it actually wasn't. You know, and uh, it was it was creative the way they had set it up, but they were not doing the thing that the auditor thought they were doing. And so they had this this huge number that the auditor was trying to tag them with. And by the way, it's very common. Uh, for uh, six-figure assessments to come out in sales and use tax. It's not usually that high in federal income tax. Federal income tax, you're normally around five figures, maybe you're at low sixes. It's pretty normal to get a half a million dollar up, uh, assessment in sales and use tax. Part world. of
0: that is you're de- on the sales tax, you're dealing with the gross revenue number. That's right. On an income tax, it's a it's a tax on the net income. That's right.
1: That's right. So um, it's these numbers can get gaudy pretty quick, mm-hmm. and um, and that whole case, which resolved as a zero, by the way, um, the the entire assessment just went away, uh, was about explaining that no, this business is not actually the one that the statute is referencing. Okay, and that's more common than you might think. So that's that's something that's important to get right off the off the get go. Uh, with the auditor, it's like, what is my business? How is it being taxed? Why am I doing it the right way? Right. And by the way, if you as the business and your CPA know that you have a problem, it's better to get that out on the on the table early on. Absolutely, because you know an auditor's looking to close up their file, right? And so if uh, they see that you you come to them. Um, up front, say we know that this is a problem. We know what the problem is. We've already solved it, but we've got like a year and a half where we weren't doing things right because our systems were screwed up, whatever. Um, so that can be and sometimes the auditors will just take that and say, All right, that's your assessment. Right. We're done. Um, so all those things can be negotiated.
0: But See, it, most it, of the times you want to assume that they're going to find the obvious. Oh, yeah. So there's no need to try to hide it or, or, um, uh, just be devious about it. So go exactly. ahead and, and be upfront with it.
1: You may as well. Um, so let's talk about some uh, some common pitfalls that they're right. going to look for because this is something that you can fix now.
0: And they know that when they come in, they've done these audits before. They know the code. They know what to look for because they know what businesses, not intentionally, but just what what's the practical. Missteps that they're going to make, so they know what to look for.
1: Absolutely, and um, there's different audit guides, um, internal audit uh, processes for various industries too. I mean, uh, this they've been doing this a while, right? <laughs> you know, uh, it's not just that particular auditor; it's you know the institutional knowledge, right? So, so you
0: didn't get that auditor's first audit, and it's not the first audit that the Department of Revenue has done.
1: That's right. <laughs> you're you're not unique, right? <laughs> so one thing that they're always going to look for, no matter what the business is, uh, use tax problems. And um, as we've uh, talked about before in prior shows, um, the, the issue with use tax is uh, even if you buy something as a business and you have it shipped to your location, um, if the vendor that sold you that product did not charge you tax, you probably owe tax on it if you use that product in your business, like the, the copy paper to your copy. Exactly. Okay. Uh, now, if you're buying something to resell it, that's a different thing because you've got a resale certificate. Right. But if you're buying something to use in your business, then um, you you owe tax on that, whether or not your vendor charged you.
0: Right, and most most businesses they're going to have they're going to make those type of purchases. They're going to purchase their copier paper. They're going to purchase their toner. Or their their whatever. They're going to buy that through the internet. It's going to be shipped to them, and chances are, most of those do not have any type of tax associated with them. So it's up to you to report that use tax.
1: That's right. So a business should have a process um, of, uh, you know, depending on how your business works, you're going to have to set this up uh, differently with your manpower. But um, you want to have a process where all of your purchase invoices, and you can make this part of the accounts payable function, um, all of your invoices should be reviewed to see if sales tax was uh, charged and collected by that vendor. OK, and if it wasn't, then it should be flagged for some supervisor uh, to look at to see whether or not tax should have been paid on that. And um, uh, like, like we mentioned uh, just before, you know, if that was a purchase for resale then well, we'll know because we have a good resale certificate. But if it's something that we're using in our business, by and large, that's going to be something that you sh- probably should have t- paid tax on. And there's a, a form that your friendly CPA can help you file every month um that's uh, where you can self-report um, that use tax and pay it right and if you don't what an auditor is going to ask for is well they're going to look at your um they're going to look at your accounts payable ledgers right you know however you have your accounting system set up and they're going to see all right I see these cost purchases of internal stuff whether it's equipment or supplies uh show me your invoices
0: and they're going to know the vendors too they're going to know let's look at staples home Depot let's look at Amazon. So, where are you you getting that stuff
1: from? What they're more looking at is is like, you know, online restaurant supply type things, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, if you're a restaurant or or, or similar things. Because is Home Depot going to charge you sales tax? Probably. You know, is is Office Depot or Staples going to be doing tax right? Most likely, um, but you know, restaurant supply company out in Kansas, are they going to be compliant with Florida sales tax law? Probably, Probably not. not. Probably not. <laughs> right. Okay? So that's what they're looking for. And if it, the way the law reads, if you can't prove that you paid the tax to your vendor, then you're on the hook for it. And it's not just the stuff that they sh- that they found in the invoices, because part of the audit process and sales and use tax audits is to um, the, normally you're doing a sampling an right. gre- agreed sample not all the time but most of the time uh, you're doing an agreed sample and the auditor will calculate an error ratio so they're going to find a percentage of error that they found in the invoices that they looked at and then they're going to look at everything you bought over the last three years and they're going to apply that error ratio to it and come up with some number out of the air that they say that you owe it's going to be a scary number it's, it's going to be five figures or more and maybe six Okay.
0: Wow. That's just shocking.
1: Yeah. And that's just on the use tax side. Um, it's it's a similar uh, process on the sales tax side, but it can get more uh, technical because it's a question of whether you are collecting and remitting sales tax on your sales correctly, which right. can get more technical. So the use tax is something that businesses trip up over all the time.
0: Yeah, I would think that's common. So if the use tax is common, what about the the commercial rent? So if a if a business is operating, if a business owner runs the business and they're renting from themselves the building that they're operating out of, what, what are the pitfalls there? What's the possible uh, miss on the sales tax reporting or rental tax?
1: Sure. Uh, and, and the main concept here is that Florida has a tax on commercial rentals. I know you know that, Charles. I know that. I know I know that. But does everybody know that, Charles? They do not. They do not. But they're going to know now. <laughs> and you know why nobody knows that, or it's not as well known as you might think, because Florida is the only state that does that.
0: The only state that—that's surprising. It, it is. I guess because we're we're in Florida, we just think that's common. If We've got a tax, and everybody's got a tax like that.
1: Right. But it's it's pretty uncommon actually, and. Um, uh, one of those articles that I mentioned that uh, are up on my firm's website at Osley.com is um, all about this and all about this commercial rental tax. And um, I wrote that article uh, a couple few years ago. And um, so as of the date of publication of that article, it was true that Florida was the only state in the union that had a tax on commercial rentals. Wow. So that may have changed since then, but you know, it's still pretty unique. So especially when you have somebody coming in um, from out of state and they're renting space here in florida and you know to expand their operations you know they're not going to think about a commercial rental tax because right they didn't have it in georgia you know so what is this tax it's a tax on the consideration the um the amount paid for the privilege of occupying real property now i said that as a real technical definition and i did that for a reason because it's not just the money that you pay every month to your landlord it's what do you pay for your landlord
0: like the taxes on your property so the real estate taxes so if the if you're renting from the from your landlord and the landlord says or gives you the property tax bill to pay directly that's actually rent so you owe sales tax on the consideration that you paid for that property tax
1: um yeah commercial rental tax right and um i do uh i do differentiate um, I, I, it's more important to differentiate what type of tax it is now um before it's like sales tax commercial rental tax whatever because it was all the same rate now it's a different rate the commercial rental tax um is uh it's less than 6%. It's dropped by like a tenth or two-tenths of a point uh, each of the last couple, three years. Um, so it's like five-point-something right now.
0: And that's the state portion of that's that.
1: That's the state portion, but the, the state sales tax is 6%. It used to be the same. Right. Same as each other. So uh, the the commercial rental tax is on uh, everything you pay for your uh, landlord. So if you're paying those ad valorem taxes, then those ad valorem taxes are part of your rent. So you owe tax on the tax.
0: How do you like that? That's – but – if you're paying utilities, that that would not be considered the same thing as paying the property tax. Normally
1: not. Normally not. And uh, I say normally not because uh, now we get into the weeds of what is rent, and um, it goes back to that definition that I said before, which is what charges that uh, it is the uh, is the lessee the the occupant. Let's say tenant. Tenant's easier than right. saying lessee and lessor. Um, they're easy to mix up. So let's say tenant and landlord. Okay. So anything the tenant is paying as a condition of occupying the real property. Now, there may be other things that the tenant is paying under the lease. You know, the lease may uh, may say you have to be insured. You, know, you may have to carry some insurance um, and it may have to uh, name the landlord as an other insured. But is that insurance cost rent? Mm, it depends on the language of your lease. But um, if your lease is drafted right, Normally, that wouldn't be rent.
0: Or if you're maintaining the property. That's right.
1: That's right. You know, let's say you have your own grounds crew. Right. You know, just to make it um, make it like that so there's no cash changing hands. You know, uh, if that was rent that you would owe commercial rental tax on your cost to maintain the property, which which gets pretty weird. Right. So, um, so the question is always, what is being paid as a condition of occupying the real property? Okay. And that uh, goes down to what the lease documents say. And, um, and that's, uh, and that's where you got to start now.
0: So that lease document, that's really the defines, that's the starting point.
1: If you have a lease. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's cabin that to the side. It, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Um, because I did want to say this, um, there's something that every business that is a tenant, all right, that's, that's leasing property uh, needs to know. And that's even if they are paying tax to their landlord, or their lease says that the tax is the landlord's responsibility, they're going to remit it to the state. That doesn't mean their landlord's actually doing it, okay? So if their landlord gets audited and the landlord is maybe insolvent or, you know, for whatever reason, let's just say that that's the case, the tenant is vulnerable to the state coming after the tenant for that tax that the tenant thought they were paying to their landlord.
0: Wow, so even, they, even though... They remitted to the landlord the sales tax that was on or commercial rental tax that was on the their invoice. Mm-hmm. The landlord did not remit it to the state of Florida so the tenant is still has some exposure there?
1: Potential exposure. The way that the, the tenant would be able to defend against that is to be able to actually prove to show um, that they did pay a tax amount to their landlord. If they can show that they did that then the department's not going to take it out of their hide. But if they can't prove it then they got a big problem, okay. So um, this goes back to. Yeah, I Actually, used to work in an accounts payable uh, department for a Florida business, so you know I got accounts payable on the mind. You know I am seeing all That's these very uh, all these old records, but uh, you know you, you want to keep
0: records of what you are paying,
1: you know, and and what part uh, you paid to make sure that you have proof that you paid those taxes, okay. So
0: if that if you get an invoice every every month, or if the, the lease specifies that rent. Plus commercial rental tax
1: that's right so when you remit it, you should have some record of which is which right or be able to do that calculation um, so that's in the normal uh, situation where you have a tenant and a landlord who are different entities right but let's go back to the situation that you set up, which is a pretty common one right where you have um, someone let's let's just make it really easy you know one guy. OK, one guy. let's say this one guy has his own business and he personally owns the building that his business operates in. OK.
0: Which is a common situation.
1: It's very common. And and what you normally, um, I guess, a more common uh, version of that is when you have a, let's say, a professional association or, you know, a group of doctors, dentists or whatever. Um, and they all are members of uh, the same LLC. And then they are also the same members and the same uh, membership interest percentages of the, of a different LLC that owns the building that they right. operate in. Right. You know, so what's rent? Is there any commercial rent back and forth there? And uh, the answer to that is it depends. And um, what you often have in these situations is, is that there's no written lease. There's no written lease and nobody's remitting tax. So what the heck? If an auditor comes in into that situation, the auditor is going to uh, go through a process to come up with a number kind of out of the air. Okay. Uh, to say that this is the tax that you owe uh, based on what looks like rent going back and forth between these entities
0: so that could potentially be high for instance if they're uh, if the operating entity is making contributions or they're making cash is going from there to the building entity and all it's doing is servicing the debt cutting the lawn taking care of the property then they may look at All of that money that went over there to support that is rent. That's correct. Including whatever it took to to service that debt.
1: That's correct. And so if you're facing that situation in an audit, then you have some negotiating to do with with the auditor and to get right going forward. All right, And that can be difficult. But if you catch it beforehand, you can fix it up front. You can get a lease document uh, on the books that sets out what the rent is, and you can go to the department before you're audited and make sure that no penalties apply to anything. So this can be fixed if you catch it early.
0: So again, it's defining in that document, the rent document, how much is rent, therefore how much is the commercial rental tax on that. That's right. So again, pick your attorney wisely, pick your <laughs> CPA wisely. They'll keep you out of trouble. When you get that audit notice, do not panic, be calm, be calm, Remember you're on the clock, contact your CPA who will bring in the right attorney that will work with you to get the right attorney on board and take care of this in the best way possible. I'm Charles Musgrove with Business Matters. Thank you for listening to another great episode. We've had Steve Hogan with the Osley McMullen Firm. We've learned about sales tax, use tax, the audit process, commercial rental tax. You got it right here on Business Matters. We give you the nuggets. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week. Come back next week, Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Real Talk 93.3. Have a great day and blessed week. Peace.